You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Pete Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? It's Colin with. Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And we got a special guest today here, a fellow Team Everyman Jack teammate of mine here that uh, we were just joking we've never met or talked to each other before, but uh, James Harrington. What's going on, James? Not much. How you doing? Nice to uh, meet everybody. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. So um, why don't we kick it off? Uh, You want to just give us a little uh, self-bio there? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, mid forties, 45, been doing triathlons since I think, Oh, five, I think was my first one. Uh, you know, basically thought I was going to, you know, drown. I'm not much of a swimmer, but once I got out of the water, I was okay. Um, uh, married two kids, two daughters, and they're growing up, they're getting active in sports now. Um, live in the Chicago suburbs. So the, the summers are great and the, the winters suck, but other than that, being in Chicago is nice. Nice. And what does he do for work? Uh, Vice President of Technology Services for a wine, spirits, beer distributor uh, through uh, 14 states and uh, Canada. So nice. Very cool. All right. And you had a little race recently, right? Yeah, Ironman Wisconsin. It was my fourth time doing uh, Wisconsin. So I, Wisconsin. I really enjoy Madison. It's a, the, the town, the atmosphere, everything. It's a, it's a blast going up there and racing. And it's, it's really easy to get to from Chicago. So that, that helps as well. Yeah, totally. That one's on my list for sure. Um, we'll talk about that here maybe in a minute. I was actually thinking about doing it next year, but things have changed here now. So, um, but that's awesome. So uh, I think you did all right, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I went into it. I I knew my fitness was good. It's always a super competitive race. And I was just, you know, keeping the fingers crossed that I could, you know, be one or two in my age group and, you know, try to pull off a a Kona slot. But um, I ended up placing first overall, which I have never done in any large Ironman or 70.3 event or everything. So it was, uh, it was a bit uh, unexpected. That's for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. And you, you decided to wait till you were 45 to do it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, that's, I mean, incredible. Congratulations on many levels here, but I mean, especially to win an Ironman at 45 is pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, it was, you know, I talking to a couple of people, I was like, things just kind of fell my way. You know, Alfredo, a teammate of mine who's super strong, great biker, he flatted he ended up only finishing, you know, two to three minutes behind me. He had a flat, 
Um, and then uh, the second place guy, it just kind of faded on the run. I mean, when we started the run, I think I was 15 to 17 minutes behind him, I think. So, um, you know, I just had to have the luck of Alfredo having a flat, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, the, the other gentleman, I had not met him before, but I, I found out after the fact it was his first Ironman. So, you know, that first Ironman, you never really know how to go into it and pacing and everything else. So I think he just kind of, you know, he still ran a 318, which is, you know, falling apart on the run at, at right. a 318. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. 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 You know, I try to track most of the races and uh, actually I didn't have anybody racing. Um, there are one, I guess, kind of that. I, so I wasn't uh, falling until like the run, though. But then uh, I saw you creeping in, you and Alfredo creeping in on. And I was like, holy shit, this could happen here. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's an odd run course. You can't. I only saw him like, I think it was probably, I was probably at about mile four and he was probably at about seven or seven and a half because the way it does some really weird out and backs and stuff. And that was the only time I saw him until like mile 22 uh, when we had another little out and back section, just because it does all kind of really weird loops and stuff. And so you don't really get to see kind of the people in front of you and, they had combined the half and the full. So you were, the full was running with a bunch of people that were doing the half. So it got really hard to kind of see like who's in front of me, who's not in front of me. So I really didn't have that much of a clue until later in the run from hearing people was really kind of the only way I could kind of figure it out. So, yeah. And what, what mile did you pass on that? Do you remember? Uh, Probably just before 26. Wow. Yeah. It was about a half mile, a quarter <laughs> right to a there, half huh? mile from the finish line um, was where I, I caught him right at, at the Capitol Square area. Um, he gave me a high five and, and said, you've got this. And wow. um, cool. I kept going. And, and the only thing I didn't know, because it's, you know, it's like all, all the new swim starts is you don't know where you started in That's relation true. to that person. You could have been in front, behind, whatever. So it ended up being, he was up in front of me starting the swim. So at that point I already had like two minutes, but I had no idea until after I crossed the finish line and saw the, you know, the time, I didn't know that he had started the the swim actually ahead of me. So I just assumed, Hey, look, he's in front of me. Uh, I, I need to be in front of him. So. <laughs> right. The only one unfortunate thing I guess I would say is I guess Mike Riley didn't quite know that either. huh? <laughs> no. Uh-uh, yeah. He, he messed up on the finish. Um, and then we were having an interview afterwards. I saw that. And he called me yeah. Ben. And then he called, he started to call Ben James. And then also the next morning at the awards, he, he said, Ben, he was the first place. And then Ben was like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't first. I was second. And he was like, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> so even wow. at the awards the next day. So, oh, well, that's all right. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I did put the live feed on to see you cross there, and uh, I did do that. I was like, oh, come on, you just guy just won an Ironman and called the wrong name. <laughs> I didn't even hear, like, I didn't hear it yeah, until people know. told me after the right. fact. I was just, you know, yeah, all wrapped sure. up in the moment, and you know, I I did not even honestly hear it, so sure, I, sure. I could care less. <laughs> right now, totally, totally, absolutely, that's what matters. So you said that was your fourth time doing uh, Wisconsin, um, and I know I've seen some pictures of you in Hawaii. Uh, how many total Ironmans have you done and how many Hawaii's? That was my 16th uh, Ironman. And I think I've done Hawaii 
five five times. Um, So yeah, and I I'm in that rollover of multiple times. I'll do St. George and Hawaii next year because my rollover was from technically 2020 to 2021, and now it's St. George, and then I took the slot at Wisconsin, so I'll do October back out there. So yeah, well you'll see both Elliot and I both of them here. So all right, yeah. I, I sure don't I have fond memories though. of St. Saint, Saint George. I do not have fond memories. I did the full back when they had the full. I did it in 2010 and 2012. And yeah, I think they were probably my two <laughs> slowest Ironmans. And just, hey, yeah, yeah, not fun. I, I did it in 2012 as well. And I vowed I'd never go back there. <laughs> I know. That's what I said too. <laughs> yeah. I was actually making that joke with somebody earlier today. It's like, it's funny what a world championship will change in your mindset, you know, and you say, all right, maybe I'll go back now. <laughs> yeah, we can rationalize it as it's a different course now. It's not the same as it was before. So, no, as long as we don't get the conditions we got in 2012, uh, you know, it should be a good day. <laughs> yeah, especially in the, because I'm, again, I'm not a strong swimmer. So yeah. I, I don't need the swells on the swim. I can deal with on the bike because everybody's got to deal with the wind. I'm just not a strong swimmer. So I, let me just have nice, flat, calm water. And then I don't care what it does after that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And what do you, what do you consider your strength of the three here? Uh, you know, my bike's been coming along over the last few years, but I still feel like it's my run. I really enjoy the run. You know, like if I were to give up triathlon say I pick one of the three, I would, I would keep running for sure. I really enjoy enjoy running so it my runs developed over the last few years i think i finally have nailed kind of some pacing and stuff and been able to to have some good solid runs and and i think part of that too is i've gotten better on the bike and so kind of helps to set the run up a little bit more as well so so do you have a running background at all or i mean i see your i looked up your times and you're an amazing bike runner i mean no, I mean, I, I ran a me. little bit in high school, like high school, I ran a little bit, but you know, that was it. And then, you know, nothing really in college or anything, and, you know, occasional, you know, little 5k here and there and everything, but not really, huh? Just enjoy running. Yeah. And what got you into triathlon? Uh, when I was doing my MBA, one of my teammates uh, did triathlons. And at the time I was kind of just doing some, you know, general running and hiking and you know i'd bike every maybe couple weeks or something like that you know a couple times a month um and he's like hey you should try it and i went out and swam with him a couple times in the pool and figured i could make it a length or two of the pool so you know how much different could it be you know once you get into the open water and uh you know after that i was kind of hooked i just i really like the the variation everything else that it brings into it and the challenges of the course and everything else and competitors and just mother nature and everything else. So, uh, like I said, it, it I, I've told people, it just keeps me out of trouble. It keeps me from, at the time I lived in Las Vegas and, you know, it was mid twenties, late twenties. So it keeps me from going out to the bars and going to everything else. And, you know, keeps me tired and, and keeps me, keeps me going, keeps me out of the bars and drinking and having fun. So having fun in a different way. Absolutely. I hear you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and yeah, what'd you, what'd you end up running in, in Wisconsin? I ran a 301. 301. I was, I was trying so hard to, to try to break three. Um, uh, cause it, it's kind of something I've had on, you know, as a goal for a long time to try to break three, that was my best run. I think I've had a 304 before maybe. 
um, and I was close to just some of those hills and kind of the second loop. And I was like, I just a little bit missed it by a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. I'll take the overall win and, and not Absolutely. end up having the Yeah, I'd take that trade off for sure. Yeah. I'll see. I, I, I think I could do it, you know, with the that course is not that difficult. There are a few hills. Um, and we lucked out with super, uh, the weather was perfect. I mean, it was like low seventies, like cloudy the entire time, maybe a little bit of wind, but it wasn't, you know, for running wise, it was great. I mean, it can be hot and humid there and everything else. Yeah. We didn't have any of that. So, yeah. What, uh, what do you think of that bike course? I like the bike course. It, you know, it's got constant ups, downs, you know, you got a lot of turns, that type of stuff. So you, it kind of, you kind of got to pay attention all the time. You're not just kind of stuck in the arrow bars going, you know, straight and flat and whatnot. So I think it really helps to kind of break things up and, and keep you going, keeps you on your toes. You got times when you can hop out of the saddle and stretch your back. And, you know, th there are climbs and the climb adds up a lot over the miles, but it's, it's not like a, you know, slow, steady, long climb type of thing. Uh, so I think it really just helps to, to break it up. And over the past few years, they've repaved a lot of the roads where some of them used to be kind of rough and, you know, just sort of Midwest, you know, kind of farm country roads. And they've, they've repaved a lot of them. So the road conditions are actually, I think, really good. Um, so yeah, it, it does, kind of, it does help. The road quality I, I not being that, great. Yeah. And it was improved this year, which is great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Nice. Nice. And so what's, uh, do, do you have a coach? Uh, I just use uh, purple patch fitness. I use kind of their little, um, what do they call it? Like tri squad or something like that. It's more just like an online type of thing. I use it for, I love the structure of the bikes. Um, yeah, and I, I do probably 98, 99% on Zwift indoor. Like I'm, I almost never go outside um so it's super convenient for me to have the workouts and i can kind of plug and play and move workouts around and you know kind of create my own workouts and do some stuff and then i follow the runs really good the swims yeah we probably don't even need to talk about i literally i swam five times this year in the water and that was all races so i don't really, really get wow. in the pool too often i got in the pool july last year was i think my last like pool training swim um, other than that, it's just, it's all core. I do all cords just down in my basement and stuff. Uh, I canceled my gym membership early into COVID and we've got some cords and, the, and I can do up to, you know, 40, 45 minutes on cords. And I felt totally fine in the, yeah. in the swim. What did you, what did you end up swimming? It was 107. I think it was. Yeah. Good enough. And, I, right? and my yeah. swims, when I was swimming before, like when I did 2019, I think I swam a 109. Uh, you know, and the year before, I think I, sw they, I swam like a 110. So I'm like right in the same range as I was before. And I felt strong and probably more comfortable. I, I definitely felt like the, the cords gave me some strength that I didn't right. have yeah, before. Sure. sure. Um, and how, and how super convenient. Say, what's that? Super convenient. Right? It's super yeah. convenient. Oh, yeah. How, yeah. Uh, how often would you say you're using your cords? Uh, probably try to do it three to four days a week, probably, you know, more on the four when I get, you know, six, eight weeks out, I try to go a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I try to do that and I'm going to try to, I might even try to bump it just a little bit more, um, here in the off season, just to kind of see if I can carry some of that more forward into, into St. George and see how it goes. This was my first year really 
kind of trying to do that chords and, and figure that out, so to speak. So I might have to play with, hey, I think I can do maybe a few more a little bit longer, I can do a few more a little bit shorter, you know, that type of thing. So still trying to kind of play with that a little bit and see. Sounds like you're on to something that's gonna that's working for right for you. Yeah. If nothing else saves me having to, you know, commute, go to a paid gym membership, commute, go to the gym, swim, commute back, you know. It's a lot of time. Do. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So and if it's gonna get me what? You know, one minute different, two minute difference, you know, that type of thing. It's like, is that really worth it? You know, in a busy life and family and everything else. I don't know. That might not be worth it for me. I don't know. Well, you, you could be like me and you could buy an endless pool and then you could still find excuses to not swim. <laughs> I have seen that. And that would be super cool down in the basement, put it down in the basement or out in the garage. That'd be awesome. It is, it is a nice tool, but uh, yeah, um, the convenience factor definitely helps, but it's still, uh, still got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did That's you put cool. it in, now, is it in your basement or garage? It is. Or yep. Yeah. Basement? I've got it in my basement. Yeah. Okay. All so. right. Yeah, it's, it is a great tool. Definitely from a coaching perspective, super valuable, I think. And uh, I don't know truthfully if I could justify having one, if I didn't have the coaching piece of it, um, okay. but it's uh, it is, it is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. So tell us a little bit more about uh, like your, your work life. So it sounds like you were mentioning you were traveling even just a couple of weeks ago. Like, do you have to travel a lot? Like what's, what's, uh, what's things look like for you? Yeah, COVID has really changed um, how we've done stuff. I mean, I, I have not been to the office since March of 2020. So they just extended our work from home again now through to January 22. Um, so I've still been, uh, you know, working from my home office. Prior to COVID, I was probably traveling 60 to 70% of the time. Wow. Um, and when I wasn't traveling, I would, you know, commute into, a, uh, you know, our local office, which is about an hour, hour and 10 minutes each way. Um, so, you know, I've saved, you know, two hours a day of traveling and, and plus That's I was just on a yeah. lot of flights and that type of stuff and everything else. So um, my team is kind of spread all over the country, so to speak. So a lot of them were just, you know, team meetings, vendor meetings, all kinds of different stuff that I was doing and traveling for and stuff. And so I definitely am loving the life of, Hey, I can get up and, and do a, do a workout and, you know, see the kids in the morning before they go to school and all that type of stuff. And maybe I'll squeeze one in at lunch. I don't usually do anything in the evening. It's, it's more kind of family, kids, activities, time, homework, dinner, all that type of stuff and everything. So, you know, most of my workouts are, you know, real early morning or, you know, squeeze one in at lunch type of thing between phone calls and stuff. So, yeah, totally. How, when you were traveling, did you find where you, would you work out a lot on the road and you found ways to make it work or? Um, yeah. 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 I was usually pretty good about it. I mean, the thing that sucked would be hotel exercise bikes. I mean, I would typically, the good thing was, is I usually traveled to the same cities. So I had a decent idea of which hotels kind of had an okay setup okay. versus okay. a yeah, yeah. not so yeah. good setup. And, but still, you know, two hours on a, you know, life fitness cycle and, you know, some tiny little room that's, you know, like 80 degrees with the air conditioner going is just not the best. I, I would usually try to, you know, move around workouts so that I was doing more run workouts because I could always find a spot to run outside or treadmill or whatever else. Those were usually easier than bikes. So, um, but yeah, I was still usually pretty consistent. That tough part was just more the unknowns of travel and kind of 
hey, you got to get up super early and, you know, do a 6 a.m. flight or you're doing a late flight and just kind of the, you know, the disruption that you kind of have there and kind of disrupting the sleep and all that other type of stuff. And then, you know, throws off kind of food and diet and eating and all those, you know, just everything just kind of seems to pile up against you, so to speak. And it's a lot easier when you're, you know, now that I'm here, I, you know, make all my own meals and super easy. You can eat consistent and healthy and timing and all those type of things. So it definitely, uh, that is definitely more conducive to the training and racing schedule. That's for sure. Yeah, I can definitely agree. I used to have to travel quite a bit and, and COVID definitely, uh, you know, put an end to that for now here anyways. And, uh, you know, to me, actually looking back, I just didn't even realize how much it was impacting me and like, you know, how, how much better I feel, um, without having that travel in my life and sure the heck don't miss it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got some frequent flyer points and, you know, hotel stuff, you know, but it, you know, I, I've seen my I'll kids. That. Yeah, I've, I had, I've only that. had two trips and they were both short ones. They were both like two day trips, um, you know, since COVID. And uh, other than that, I've, you know, seen my, my daughters, you know, every morning, you know, and see them every day, you know, before it was like all over the place, you know, so um, that that's been the kind of the blessing of, of COVID is being able to see the family every single day is awesome. Totally. Yeah. How old are your girls? Uh, nine and 11. Cool. Cool. Nice. Are they playing any sports or? Yeah. One is uh, pretty set in soccer. She's been doing pretty much just soccer. So that keeps her pretty busy with like a kind of a local travel club soccer. Uh, and the other one's doing volleyball and uh, cross country. So, uh, so she's, she's the one that's kind of doing a different one. Almost every, every year we've gone through tennis, volleyball, swimming, rock climbing, soccer, running, softball, tennis. Like, I mean, she's gone through everything, which I think is great. Let her, she'll try something for a couple months and be like, I was fun. Let me try the next thing. And, you know, she's, she, she gives it her all when she goes and does that sport. And she's like, okay, that one's not for me. Let me, let me go to the next one. She's just like her dad. She doesn't like swimming. Yeah. 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 She did not stick with swimming for long. <laughs> nice. And how about your wife? Does she train at all or anything? No, I think I kind of try to correlate it to she shops like I work out. So, <laughs> you know, if the triathlon is in a nice location and, uh, you know, preferably like warm weather and a beach and stuff. She loves it. Otherwise she's like, eh, maybe I'll miss this race. <laughs> I hear you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. But no, she's totally supportive and she's actually coaching my daughter's volleyball. She played, she played volleyball back in college. She's She's coaching my, my daughter's volleyball. So she's, she's loving that, uh, you know, coaching them and, and seeing the kids and working with the kids at school and stuff. So very cool. That's awesome. So what do you, uh, what do you think of what's happening with, uh, with the world championships there? Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're just going to go and instead of, you know, Hey, move this around and moving it now, it seems like hopefully, you know, things are kind of set with St. George and I mean, it's not Ironman's fault. I mean, a lot of people were trying to pick on it. I mean, it, it just sucks. I mean, it's the, you know, the way the situation is right now, I'm sure if Hawaii could do it, they would have had it. It wasn't the right thing for people traveling or the locals there. So let's just do it, get it done over with. It'll be fun. We'll race. And then hopefully by October, we'll be back into our normal rotation, you know? So 
we just got to adjust and adapt and, and they picked a good, I mean, they picked a course. It's going to be tough. It's going to be competitive. It's, you know, it's not going to be a, you know, Florida, which is pancake flat and, you know, that type of stuff. So they picked a course they'll, you know, challenge everybody and, uh, you know, looking forward to it. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think the field's going to be strong? Uh, I mean, I think it will be for us. Yeah. I mean, I think us based athletes, cause it's going to be fairly easy for them to get to. I think a lot of it's, you know, non us, it's really going to depend on what people can do from a travel perspective and will they just defer to October? Cause they feel a little better about deferring to October. And I mean, I think too, it's going to depend, you know, if you've never gone to Kona before, you're going to pick St. George, you're going to pick Kona. I mean, you're going to pick Kona just for the whole atmosphere and everything else that's around it and stuff like that. So I think there are a lot of factors that kind of go into it. And, um, you know, I mean, if I hadn't raced Wisconsin and qualified, I probably would have deferred to October and not gone to St. George too, but I had just, you know, a week or two before, you know, qualified and, and moved it. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy Kona. Kona's fun. I, I, I don't go there. Like I'm not going to win my age group there or anything like that. I mean, I'm just going there to have fun and it ends up being the same time of the year overlaps with our wedding anniversary. So take the kids out of school for a little bit, go there for a long vacation after Kona and just kind of enjoy the whole atmosphere have a fun race and, you know, there's no pressure to try to qualify and all that type of stuff. Just go perform, have a good race and enjoy the experience. Yeah. Now that's, that's interesting thought I was just thinking about. So you obviously had already qualified right uh, prior to doing Wisconsin, right? You had a, um, a, a world championship slot, we'll call it, but then they hadn't made the announcement of what they were going to do for next year prior to Wisconsin happening. So like, did, did you have to sign up right away? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Chose... At, at Wisconsin, you had to pick and they, because we tried to ask and say, Hey, do you have any idea, you know, what's going to happen? What are the deferral options going to be? And I mean, those, those look, they're like, look, we have no idea. They're like, I'm sure that if you sign up for this one and you've got another one, they're going to be flexible and let you do something, but they had no specifics at all. And when you registered, you only had one option and that was for the October, you know, eighth race at the time they hadn't even had the split of the men's and women's race. So you only had one option when you signed up and it was that October 22. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just was hoping that they were going to be flexible with whatever options they came up with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, if anybody didn't sign up saying, well, I already have a slot. And then now they're kind of kicking themselves that they didn't get yeah. St. George and a Hawaii slot or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there weren't Which many slots because they reduced all the slots yeah. down now too. So there were only 26 slots. Right. Um, so it was based, most of them, it was, you know, one person in the age group. There were a couple of them that were two right. just because of, you know, the way the numbers fell. And exactly. So, and, uh, so are all the races going forward in 2022 going to only have 26 slots? That's what I'd heard was all the races that qualify for 22 for October 22 are only 26 slots. What a uh, shift, huh? <laughs> From yeah. 200 slots that correlate to 26. That is a shift, but uh, I mean, it makes sense. But I mean, also too, I mean, there is a talk about the fields breaking up into two days so they can have bigger fields in Hawaii, right? So I was yeah. actually thinking that they, they would still go back to regular cause they could still, I mean, I don't know how many people they have qualified at this point. And obviously 
once they figure out the counts from who took St. George versus why, I mean, everybody I've talked, especially, yeah, the first timers, I didn't talk to any first timers that so St. George, you know, everybody's, everybody's yeah. picking away, which makes yeah. sense. Um, but I mean, I think that does open up opportunity for them to at least have some more slots, um, even though they have a lot of people already registered for it. Um, yeah. but yeah, it'll be interesting we'll how it changes the atmosphere around Kona when it's split into two days and being able to kind of go and watch and spectate the Thursday race and then race again on Saturday and stuff. And so it'll be kind of, yeah, interesting to I see. mean, it, it'll, I was also thinking logistically, it's going to be interesting, like when they let us know which day you're racing on. Right. Well, I like, thought they said that the females were on the sixth and the males were on the eighth. Oh, I, thought they I think that. I think the pro races are like that. And then after that email, it uh, says it'll be mixed gender as far as amateurs go. So yeah. they'll they're kind of gonna just choose which day we race on. So that was oh, another hard I did part not about read it that way. Oh gosh, that's a good call. I didn't I totally did not read it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, that could really dictate when you want to get there, right. You know, depending on which day you're, you're, you know, if you plan to go for the week, but you have it, uh, you know, the earlier day, then you don't have as much time to kind of prep and get acclimated versus. Yeah. Cause I um, usually don't get there until the Tuesday. I usually fly in like the Tuesday before, because then my wife and kids will usually come either the Thursday or the Friday, and then we'll stay after just to kind of have a little bit more vacation time after, but Totally. Yeah. If, if I get slotted into a Thursday race, like I wouldn't want to get there Tuesday, you know? Right. Heck no. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, not with the time changes we got to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that, that'll be a good question. I really hadn't thought about, but I, even I was just thinking about like, if you are racing on Saturday, the second day, like, um, you know, trying to train even those that on the race day, like that's going to be a challenge, right. You know, and getting out there, they're not going to want you on the course, obviously and stuff. So um, well, and I was thinking about the logistics of when the wife and kids come in, because if they come in on Thursday, uh, I'm like, well, how do I get out to the airport get them, right? and get them and get in? Like, it makes like that type of logistics harder, too. So, yeah, I haven't thought about that stuff either. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I mean, we'll see here. It is going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be uh, accommodations are going to be hard to come by here for sure um, or harder to come by. Right. So, yeah. Um, I know I want to talk to Matt of the MJ guys and see, make sure they're getting the house. And like, <laughs> if, uh, yeah, that's I've I'm been lucky on. with yeah. still using uh, Marriott points and I've stayed just at the courtyard for, oh, sweet. you know, kind of before the race and then we'll go out and stay somewhere else after the race, but it's great location. But, you that's know, thinking about how they break the race up, I don't know if I'd want to do that. If I'm racing Saturday, that means Thursday, I'm going to be listening to, you know, Mike Riley until midnight, you know, and not <laughs> getting much point. sleep a, a night or two before. So it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. There is so many logistical things, little, little things we're going to have to think about here for sure. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, oh, you got any questions? Yeah. I mean, so you've been in the sport for a while. I mean, how do you feel, I mean, the evolution of the sport, I mean, how has that changed throughout your career and do you think it's for the better? I mean, do you think the sport is as popular as ever or what are your feelings on that? Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like times and, you know, from a competitive field, like the times that people are posting now versus what they were, yeah. you know, when I did my first Ironman, which was in 2007, 
it's crazy how fast the people go. I mean, and I'm even going faster than I did back then. I mean, I, I train differently. And um, I think, was, you know, just was that a PR for and, you, uh, Wisconsin here or no? No, my, uh, I've done faster a couple of times. I went faster in Kona once. I did a 906 in Kona. Um, and I, I broke nine once in um, Cozumel a couple of years ago, I went 858, but that's, you know, pancake flat and the swim is with the current. So I, I took advantage of it for sure. We don't, we don't mention those things. We go so nice. <laughs> hey, you should have been at Chattanooga yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some fast swim times. Yeah. yeah. Fast swims, but uh, you know, that bike, I mean, obviously with the four extra miles uh, definitely adds on to the bike there, but, but sorry. I I Cozumel is almost as fast though, I think, because I swam a 52 i think it was 51 or 52 in cozumel uh non-wetsuit all with the current i mean i, I felt like i could have just you know floated on my back and you know <laughs> went like 110 <laughs> yeah that one's on my list i do want to check out that race do you, you like do you recommend that race yeah i've done it uh twice uh once before they had changed the course and once i think it was 2018 i think was the second time i did it um, you know, it's fairly easy to get to, it's pretty inexpensive from like, uh, you know, lodging and, and food and everything like that. And it's a little bit hot and humid, not as hot and humid as Kona, I don't think, um, pancake flat. I mean, you probably only have to come out of the aero bars. You do like two and a half laps on the bike, maybe like once every loop, twice every loop, like two sharp corners. And other than that, like you are hundred percent down in the aero bars. Um, and then the, the run is pretty flat too. You have some little sections through town where you got some people cheering pretty good and on the bike, you don't get a lot of crowd support. So you got to be good with just kind of, you know, keeping your, your head down and, and pedaling and going. So, um, but it's a, you know, I think the water and stuff is just as clear or clearer than Kona and you got as much coral and, you know, marine life and everything else. So the swim is, is beautiful. Um, and then you know, the island's kind of quiet. It's kind of quiet once you get right outside of town. There's not a ton right outside of town. Um, but definitely it's you know, fairly easy to get to all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I would do it again for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I kind of cut you off on uh, Elliot's question there. I, I'd be curious to hear your perspective uh, how you feel like the sport's changed a bit since, you know, you got involved. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think it, it's definitely growing. I mean, it's like even talking about costs, like when I had registered for, you know, my first Ironman versus like what, what I paid for, for, you know, Hawaii, it's like two and a half times what I paid, you know, for my very first one. So, you know, supply and demand, I guess it's really, you know, gone up quite a bit. So, you know, I enjoy it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I try not to let it completely dominate my life, but I really enjoy doing it and enjoying the races and kind of the, you know, local venues that I go to and, and that type of stuff. You know, I do some smaller races and I do, you know, probably more bigger races than anything else to really just kind of challenge me and keep me going and everything else. Times have gotten super, super competitive over the years. And my guess is that's just because, you know, the sport's grown so much and, and drawn so many more people in and, um, you know, kind of pushing each other, so to speak, you know, and then teams like, you know, EMJ and everything else, you know, you've got the different teams out there where the people can kind of, you know, kind of feed off each other and collaborate and, you know, what works best and what doesn't and that type of thing. So, you know, a lot of those type of things have changed. I think it seems like for the, you know, for the better, 
Um, you know, some of the, some of the things, you know, like take Wisconsin, for example, you know, cause I've gone up there and I'll go up there like on various weekends, um, you know, leading up to the race and ride the course and stuff like that. I'm sure it's gotta be difficult for some of the, you know, locals and stuff like that, that live on the course, you know, cause they're dealing with, you know, when Wisconsin was in September, they're dealing with people like every nice weekend or out riding the course and that type of stuff. So I think it's on us to just make sure that we're respectful of, you know, the individuals around there, we're not littering, we're not throwing stuff in the ground, we're not going to the bathroom out in the cornfields and stuff like that, you know, so I think we just got to make sure that we're, you know, respecting the neighborhoods and, and all that stuff that we're going through and everything like that, and, you know, respectful of the people and all that type of stuff, so I, I think as long as we're doing that, I'm sure that the you know, people will be more than comedy, at least it seems like it's, it's been that way in situations I've been in, so... Yeah, so especially with that being your home turf, what what do you think about the the change of the date? I mean, I, I love the September date. The September date, I think, was great because then it gives people all summer to kind of train and you can go up there, you can ride the course and that type of stuff. Weather is usually pretty nice. I mean, I know it can vary a little bit in September. I think June is going to be hot, humid. I mean, you could have afternoon thunderstorms are really common. I think June is kind of a real iffy date from, you know, like a weather perspective. And I think it changes the dynamics of the race because I mean, mid June, you're most likely going to be hot and humid or a lot hotter and humid than it is in, you know, middle of September or so. So I, th I it could definitely change the race from that perspective. And I've done the old half used to be in June. Um, and, you know, we had torrential rain one time you know, thunderstorms, we've had all kinds of stuff. So it really kind of surprised me. I've heard they're going to, they're going to replace the September race with Des Moines. I've heard they're trying to get a full in Des Moines uh, in September and that's, what's going to take its place. So then they'll still have kind of a, a Midwest full um, in that September timeframe, but it kind of sucks. I really like the September date. I thought it was great. Um, you, know, you get the, 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 all the students are in school. So we get students that'll come out. Most of the time, they've got a Wisconsin game the day before. So you've got all the Wisconsin people there for the game and whoever they're playing and all that type of stuff. I'm, I'm a little bummed it's moving. I probably won't do it next year because of the fact it's moving, probably even more so now with St. George and, and whatnot. But um, June would definitely be a little harder to, to pull off for me just because September worked out so good. And, and so do you have any insight? You, was it Ironman that chose that wanted to move it to June, do you know, or was it the town? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Ironman, but I don't really know, but I had heard from people even in the months leading up before they had actually made the announcement that it was coming, that they were going to be moving it. Um, so was that them moving it because they were trying to get another one worked in and couldn't do another, like they couldn't do a Des Moines in June. So they're trying to flip off the date. So they don't have two kind of in the same kind of proximity and both in September, so to speak, you know, that makes sense, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. My guess is it's going to come down to, I mean, it's, it's a dollars and cents type of thing. So most likely Wisconsin's still going to sell out or come close to selling out in June. Right. So if they can do it in September or June, have a sellout and, you know, they're, they're not in a worse off situation, so to speak, you know. Right. And do you think that the crowd support will change now that it'll be a race that's outside of when university is in session there? It'll be a little, it definitely will be a little different. I mean, you don't typically get a ton of students that come out and cheer, you know, you'll get some, that, but you can just tell the, 
being there in the summer for like some local bike rides or a local run and stuff like that, you can definitely tell the town is, is, you know, there's a lot more people there when school's in. So it's going to change some of that cheering uh, perspective for sure. And some of that atmosphere and stuff like that. So, um, but I think a lot of that too, is just the locals that come out and support um, and they get a lot of people that come in for the race and, you know, it's a kind of, it's a family friendly town. You know, my, my wife and kids come up and, and we spend a couple of days there and just have fun. You can swim in the lake and you can walk around and you can do different things. So from that perspective, I think you'll still get a lot of the, you know, families and, and tourists and stuff like that that'll come in. So. Very cool. Nice. So how long have you been on EMJ? Uh, this is my fifth, fifth year. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So you've been to camp a few times and everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Camp is fun. Um, I usually get way left behind in the water. That's for sure. And then even on the bike, I mean, it, well, and the run too. So, <laughs> I mean, I get smoked on all of them, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's a great atmosphere. Um, you know, you're, you're bunked up in a house with, you know, usually they split the houses about 50, 50. So you got, you know, 30, 35 guys in, in each house and, um, you know, I mean, Rich does an amazing job of, you know, coordinating everything and you know, all the times are right on, you know, we've got swims and bikes and everything else all coordinated out and he's got all, he's got everything like down to a T, uh, down to a science. It's perfect. And it, it, it's just fun to just get to meet people from all over the place and go out and, you know, hammer on the bike and hammer on the run and then, you know, try to stay afloat on the swim, you know, for me. <laughs> totally well I, I don't think it's going to happen here the window may be closing here but i've been trying to recruit elliot to uh to apply and try and get on the action here but okay okay yeah we need some but, some more people from the the west coast and pacific northwest right not california we need to go a little bit outside right. of california he's, up there. Concentration. he's a perfect candidate you know <laughs> uh but uh but yeah um Cool. Well, hopefully we'll have camp and actually get to meet in person here uh, uh, this come March here, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess another motiv motivator, Elliot, we'll see what happens with camp, if it'll be in Vegas or just primarily in St. George, right? But hopefully we'll get some time on the St. George course as we prep for that. Yeah, I would imagine they probably would try to either at least do a bike ride up there or I wonder if they'll end up, you know, switching. The whole thing there, yeah. Yeah, because you'd probably still fly in and out of Vegas. because I mean, Right. I would. Yeah. It's a little harder to get in and out of St. George. So. Right. Yeah. What do you think, Elliot? Still thinking about it. You guys are just so fast. I kind of based my performance at races based off the EMJ team. I'm like, oh, I'm next to an EMJ guy at least. At least I'm doing fairly decent. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good deal. Cool. Uh, you got any other questions, Elliot? Yeah, I mean, so you, like I said, I mean, you've been in the sport for a long time. I mean, what kind of, what keeps you motivated year in and year out? I mean, you're on like a, an elite amateur uh, triathlon team. You've, you've qualified and done well in Hawaii multiple times. I mean, what kind of drives you year in and year out? I think you, I think you've really got to enjoy the training. If you don't like the training, the racing is nothing. I mean, the training is, you know, that's where the, the time and effort and everything else is put in. And I enjoy the training. I enjoy pushing myself and kind of seeing where I can, where I can take myself. And I do 
And not only do I do most of my, you know, biking indoor, but I mean, my running, like I do almost all of it solo. Um, you know, so from a mental aspect, I mean, if you can go and throw, you know, five, six hours staring at the basement wall and, and Zwift and stuff, then once you get outside, it's like, wow, there's so many things out here. This is beautiful. And the time goes by so fast. So um, I just enjoy pushing myself and kind of just seeing what I can do versus myself and it's not really so much against the competitors out there. I mean, I enjoy the competition and it pushes me to, you know, go harder and go faster, but just, you know, pushing myself. I mean, I think about where I was at, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when I started and, um, you know, wish I knew some of the things that I know now from a training perspective and recovery and eating and all that type of stuff um, that, you know, I pretty much learned through just, you know, trial and error and, you know, and training and whatnot. So, and I just enjoy kind of the, the being fit and being active and, you know, going out with my kids and, you know, my oldest daughter I'm on a lot of my runs, she'll just ride her bike and ride along with me on some of my runs and stuff like that. She enjoys it. You know, I can, uh, you know, I can just tell the, the influence that it puts on the, the kids and stuff like that from a, you know, healthy kind of living. And, and then at the same time, you know, it's not all, you know, 100%, you know, salads and, and everything else, you know, I have the ice cream with them and I have the cookies with them every now and then and kind of show them that, you know, you can kind of reward yourself. You just got to kind of do it in moderation, you know? So it's a, it is, it's a lifestyle. That's kind of what I try yeah. to explain to everyone. It's the racing is nice, but it really is just the daily training regimen and oh like, yeah, it's enjoyable. And I think it's the consistency, you like yeah. consistency and, you know, just like, that's the one thing over the last couple of years, I feel like my, my training has been, you know, so much more consistent, you know, don't have the real big, you know, ebbs and swings in the, in the bike and the run and stuff. And, um, I think that's really what has helped in, in seeing my performances, you know, get, get better and, or, um, you know, more consistent is really just that consistent training and consistent diet and things like that, that, you know, now, you know, in my mid forties, I mean, I can't go and go in that long stuff and recover like I used to. So you kind of have to listen to your body and know what you can and can't do. And, um, you know, the, the diet and nutrition, I think plays a, a big part of that, that I probably ignored for the better part of my late twenties and early thirties. <laughs> cool. That's great. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, I uh, really appreciate you jumping on here and uh, sharing your story here. That's uh, congrats again on the, the win and uh, doing it here for uh, the middle age here. I'm not going with the, uh, that other word here, right? But uh, <laughs> still getting better, doing amazing things, you know, mid 40s here is, uh, is pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to great to meet you and great to catch up. Totally. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening here and uh, we'll catch you in the next one here.